The reading is from the second book of Samuel, chapter 7, and verses 1 to 11. God's covenant with David. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly." From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. The birth of Jesus is foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child will be born. He will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be for me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Can you remember back to when you were 13 or 14 years old? For me, the memory still traumatised me, the slicked back hair, the spots, the voice going a bit funny. The suspicion is that Mary would also have been about 13 or 14 years old, very young, very naive. And there's a certain squeamishness about her youth which resonates for us now, that there could have been no way that she would have been ready in any sense of the word for what she was going to have to go through, to become a parent, to take on that responsibility for another life. And then to think of that hard slog that she was going to have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem whilst heavily pregnant. And that was just the easy part. To then follow the refugee trail, to escape political oppression, to be constantly living in fear, wondering if she would ever return home. Some of us have been fortunate enough to hear the stories from our brothers and sisters in the Eritrean church that we welcome here at St Peter's, the harrowing stories they tell of their flight, some at a very young age, the horrors that they have witnessed, the dangers that they have encountered en route, all with a small amount of hope just to keep them going, of safety and of a place without fear. They have similar experiences to share as Mary would if she were able to share her story with us today. And yet, despite her lack of years, she has response to that call from God, which is unlike so many other people's response to a call. I remember at college, the amount of us who, when we shared our interpretation of our call, would all say, oh Lord, do you really want to put me through all of that? Surely I don't have the skills or the expertise. Surely it's going to be too painful but not Mary. When she experiences the call, she responds with joy. She's a young girl in a patriarchal society where she's viewed merely as her father's property to be sold on. She is one of the most looked down on in terms of her part of the country. The Galileans were viewed as backward and dangerous. Galilee, a producer merely of bandits and simpletons. She's of a nation which has been crushed militarily and brutally occupied. She is the most oppressed, the most rejected, the most vulnerable. She has every right to turn back to God and say, this is all too much. And then on top of everything, to face the social stigma of an unplanned pregnancy to have to carry that child to full term. She has every right to say, oh Lord, do you really want me to go through with all of that? I do not have the skills, the expertise, and it will be too painful. Yet she refuses to buckle. Despite her youth, despite that she is living in bleak times, despite the fact that she is about to be disgraced within her own society, and her society is a, a place of trampled and oppressed peoples, she sings with defiance, with courage, determination and devotion. 
a young girl, shows us all how to respond to God's call. She shows us what faith actually looks like. The hope when there appears to be only despair. The clinging on grimly in the expectation that things will improve. The sheer determination and defiance of the easy path and the sensible route, owing to her conviction that ultimately the truth will out. She lives out that idea of within our darkest night, you kindle a fire that never dies away. The Christmas story is that God requires us to protect, support and care for his word. The word of God becomes so fragile. The very being which creates everything requires the protection and nurture and sustenance of the people of faith. We are all called to be part of the Christmas story. God has a role for each of us in nurturing and developing the story of faith and of allowing the word of God to become real for every generation. So my prayer for us this Advent time, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, is that we open ourselves to the prospect of encountering the call from God to serve his kingdom of hope and that we have the strength and courage to continue to defiantly hope for the Prince of Peace to reign in our hearts, our homes and our world. We are all called to prepare the way of the Lord so that all people will see the salvation of our God. May we be honourable to that call this Advent and forevermore. Amen.